The last thing we were discussing was if someone stole a cow that was pregnant and gave birth, or a sheep and had a lot of wool on it, and he shaved it. Rabbi Meir says he has to pay the animal that he stole, plus anything extra, the enhancements. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the, the item that he stole goes back as is. You have to give back the animal goes back to the original owner and then you have to figure out the, the, what, the difference in, in price and according to Rabbi Shimon we set a price of what it was worth at the time it was stolen and the Gemara and the Hay went through the, these three shitot why does each rabbi hold what they hold and with that we are starting Sadi Vav Amud Aleph 11 lines in by the two dots where it says Amar if someone stole something, he enhanced it, and then he sold it. And then, or maybe he uh, stole something and he enhanced it and he in, let it, and he passed away, gave it to his children as inheritance. Whatever that he enhanced, he sold. Whatever he enhanced, he gave over to his children as inheritance. Meaning, whoever bought it or the children who inherited it, they get to keep even the enhancement. We don't say that the shevach, the enhancement, only goes to the thief himself because takanata shavim. We want to do teshuvah. That doesn't apply by the children. It does apply apply by the children. Now, what exactly uh, do they get? Uh, Rashi brings two explanation. Either he gets uh, whatever uh, whatever a, a regular person who enhances these type of things get, let's say a shepherd, whatever, he gets paid to enhance animals. That's one option. Or another one is he just gets the entire thing. That was a mahalogit we saw before. Next. So now based on that, Rabbah. Rabbah has a question. Let's say a person stole an item from another person. Rovin stole something from Shimon, sold it to Levi. Levi enhanced it. Does Levi get the enhancement or not? Meaning, Rabbah's question is as follows. If it enhanced by the thief and then the buyer bought it from the thief, okay, he gets everything because the, the, he gets everything that the thief would get. He, when he buys something, he's buying everything from the thief. And the thief got the enhancement, they got everything because of Takanata Shavim. Fine. But that doesn't apply by the buyer. So the question is, did the buyer buy the rights that if he enhances it, he gets to keep it? Or that doesn't apply to him? And Batad de Baya, Hadapashta, after he asked the question, he right away figured out the answer. What did the thief sell to the buyer? He sold him every right that he has, which includes the, the Shevach. Meaning the same way the gazlan, the thief, gets to keep all the enhancement. Uh, same thing, the, whoever bought it from the, the thief. He, he's just uh, the passing over the rights in the sale. So now, has a question. A goy who stole something from a Jew and enhanced it. it does he get the, the enhancement or not? So, question because... Are we going to make a takana for, for a goyim? Meaning the whole thing is so he could do teshuvah. The goy is not doing anything teshuvah. So Amar Le, Rabina explained what Rabbi was asking. Amar Le, what was Rabbi asking? Let's say this goy thief sold it to a Jew. Does the Jew get the, the enhancement or not? 
But we know the halakha that if someone bought something or he, he's coming through the rights of a goy, he has all the rights of a goy. Meaning there's no takana tashabim for this goy and therefore he didn't acquire it. So the Gemara responds, No, what are we talking about? A Jew stole it. And then he sold it to the Goy. And the Goy enhanced it. And then, after he enhanced it, the Goy sold it to a Jew. My, what's the halacha in this type of case? Do we say, do we say that since it started off with Israel and ended off with Israel, Hakami made this takana, and therefore the last person has rights to the enhancement, or maybe since there's a goy in the middle and he doesn't get any rights to the enhancement, maybe Hakamim didn't make a takana this type of case. And the Gemara says, take over, we're not sure how to answer this. We don't even know how to look at this case, so we don't have an answer. And Amar of Papa. If a person stole a palm tree, a day tree from his friend, cut it, even though he moved it from this person, uh, from the other guy's backyard to his backyard, he, he did not acquire it. My time, why didn't he acquire it? Because originally it's called a dekel, a day tree, and now it's a day tree, meaning it stayed in the same state, there was no change. And the klave avid gobe. If someone stole a, a, a day tree from this, from someone else, he cut it up, chopped it up, make, made it into logs. Lakane. He did not acquire it. Why? Hashtamihat gobe de Because people call it wood logs. At the end of the day, it's still called wood. Or it's still called uh, tree logs. Now, in the case of someone stealing gobe logs, the Adinu Keshuran, he made beams out of them. That's Kane. Over there, he acquired it because he changed their names. That's it. They're a different item. Keshure Ravrave, the Adinu Keshure Zutref. He stole big beams, made it small beams. La Kane, he didn't acquire it. Abdinu Ketsutsiata, Kane. If he made it into boards, then he acquired them because the name changed from, uh, from beams to, to boards. And if someone stole the and he started taking off leaves from the spine, Kane, he acquires it. Why? Originally it's called a Lulav. Now it's called Hutse, just called a bunch of leaves. But if he stole leaves and he made a broom out of it, Kane, he acquires it. Because originally it was leaves, now it's a broom. If he stole a broom and now he turned it into a rope, Lakane, he didn't acquire it. My Tama, why? Because the Hadar Satar because all you have to do is unravel it and turn it back into a broom. So now Bayarav Papa Papa has a question. Let's say someone stole a Lulav and that twin leaf spine in the middle split. What's the halakha there? Is that considered a change and the gazlan acquires it or not? So We have halakha, if you removed that twin leaf, the lulav is invalid, it's pasul. Now my love, hu isn't it the same halakha if it gets split? It should be also pasul and you changed it and therefore you can't use it for a lulah for a mitzvah. So that's it. The, the, the thief acquired it with the change. And the Gemara responds, Lo, 
Maybe no. Maybe nitla shani da Maybe if you removed it, it's different because now it's a missing lulav. But maybe if it's split, it's still kasher. But some say that Rav Matun said in the name of Bishar bin Levi that if that middle leaf got split, it's as if it was removed and it's pasul, it's invalid. And therefore, in regards to uh, stealing also, it's considered uh, the gazlans and he acquired it with the change. Shmamina. And Amar of Papa, Haiman de Gazal Afram Havreve Avde Lebenta Lakanev. Someone stole dirt from his friend and made a brick out of it. He did not acquire it. That's not considered a change, and therefore he didn't acquire it. On the other hand, he did enhance it. He now made it look like a brick, and therefore either he gives back the the brick and he gets paid for whatever enhancement he did, or he takes the amount of bricks. That will cover his enhancement, whatever he did over there. Now, my tama, what's the reason it's not considered a change? Because you could easily uh, just crush it back to dirt. However, if someone stole a brick and he crushed it to dirt, he acquired it. What's the reason? Because you could form it back to being a brick. Well, it's a different brick. And it's a new face. It cannot be exactly the same, 100% the same as the old brick. And therefore, it's considered changed. And the Rosh explains the new brick is a new creation. The old brick is now gone. It's not there anymore. The new brick is a new creation. In order for something to go back to its original state, it, it has to be going back to its original state exactly. This is not the exact state. This is a new brick. It's a new uh, situation. And therefore, it's considered a shinui. Someone stole a silver bar from his friend, and he made money. He did not acquire it. What's the reason? Because he could go back to making it a silver bar. But if you stole uh, silver coins and you made them a silver bar, at that point you acquire it. What's your reason? You could go back to making it coins. Well, we know, it's a new face, meaning it's not the same coins. It cannot be the same exact coins. If you stole worn out, jaded black coins, they look like old coins, and you, you know, you whiten them. You put some uh, soap, water, sand, whatever people do to, to whiten the, the silver. He did not acquire it because they're going to go back to being uh, dark. Just give it some time. They're going to go back to its original state. However, if you stole new coins and you made them black and dirty, kind of you acquired it because that can't go back. What are you going to say? You can make it new again. Whoever made them black knows exactly how they made them black, meaning they have dirt on it in a certain way where you know it's specifically these. Once you clean them up, they become totally different. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, All thieves, they have to pay like whatever it was worth at the time when they stole it. What's this rule, this general rule? What is that coming to add? 
So the Gemara explained, It's coming to be Mechadesh, what Rabbi La'as said, Ganav Taleb bin Asa Ayel, if you stole a lamb, it turned into a ram. Aigel Kaf bin Asa Shor became an ox. Asa Shinui Beado Uknao. The animal changed and you acquired it. Why? Because Tabah Umachar Shilohu Tobah Shilohu Mocher. Because let's say you slaughtered it or you sold it. You don't have to pay times four times five anymore. You only have to pay what the original price was because it becomes like the thief's animal. And the Gemara says a story. There was this person. He stole a couple of oxen from his friend. He went and he plowed with them. He planted with them. And after he finished, he gave it back to the original owner. So the one who it was stolen from came in front of Rav Nachman. He wanted to take him to Betin. Listen, you have to pay for the time you used it. Go assess how much enhancement happened because of this person's cows and pay him for it. You're telling me it was only the oxen that enhanced and the land had nothing to do with it? So Amar, I didn't say assess the, the entire enhancement, half the enhancement, assess that and give it to him. But Amar le Rabbi asked, Sof Sof Gezelahu, at the end day he stole it, and he brought it back as is. The meaning the Torah never talked about uh, stealing it and giving it back, what you would have to pay. It's not called a Gezelah. It said all thieves have to pay whatever it was worth at the time. So he gave it back, that's it. So Rab Nachman, Amar le, he told the Rabbi, didn't I tell you when I'm sitting in Betin, don't tell me anything? Because Rav Huna said about me and Shmuel that he was considered Shabor the king, meaning he was such a great Dayan. That we're so, that we're brothers when it comes to uh, judging money laws. Meaning, I know what I'm talking about. You don't have to ask me all these questions in front of everyone. And the reason I gave this psak halacha is because This is an old thief already. He's been stealing for years. And I want to find him. I want to make him pay for what he's doing. And based on this, the reef explains that the Dayanim have a right to uh, place a fine or to pressure someone if they see fit. It all depends on the time and place and situation. They have permission to do such a thing. Next, Mishnah. If someone stole an animal and it became old, he stole a slave and they became old. He has to pay whatever they were worth at the time of the, of the theft. Rabbi Meir Omer, Ba'avadim, in regards to slaves, remember, there's a hekesh in the Pasuk. It says they're like land. Slave is like land. Omer lo He tells him, this is yours. You can keep it as is. Meaning, the same way land, wherever it is, belongs to the owner. Same thing, the slave always belongs to the owner. And it's never been really stolen. Gazal If he stole a coin and now it got punctured. Perot he stole fruits and they rotted. Yain vechmitz, he stole wine and it became vinegar sour. Meshalem kishat agezla, he has to pay whatever they were worth at the time of the theft. Matbeya benivsal, 
if he stole a coin and now the coin is not current anymore, meaning the government said you can't use this coin anymore. Teruma venitmet, or let's say he stole teruma and it became tamena, you can't eat it. Hametz, and now ve'avar alav pesach. Hametz, and now pesach passed. So he stole a bottle of whiskey, and now pesach passed, right? Behema venit abda ba avera, or he stole an animal and someone was with it. Either they did avodazara with it, or bestiality, or something. Or shrif selam al gabe mizbeach. Or he did a psul that you can't give it on the mizbeach anymore. Let's say it's on the eye, so it's still sort of kosher, but I, I can't give it as a korban anymore. Or he stole an animal, it gored, it's supposed to get killed, and right on its way to get killed, he gave it back to the person. And all these cases, if he said, here, it's right here, you can have your thing back. That's it. He doesn't have to pay anything else. Now, you're right. Uh, it's on its way to get killed. I can't use it as a korban anymore. It's tameh, whatever it is. But since it's a change that is so minute and the regular person can't be able to tell, that that's not called a change. And the Gemara starts, Amar of Papa. When we said that the uh, animal became old, we're not just talking about a situation where it's a very old and it's like a different body. Even if it just became a little bit weak, that's considered a change, and he acquired it. Now, the has a question, but our Mishnah said it became old. The stolen animal became old, meaning only old, not just not, not weak. So the explains, when we're talking about it became weak, we're talking about it became weak as if it got old. We're talking about a situation where it's not going to be healthy again. That's it. It just it just weakened so much. And this is what is said in the name of Rabbi Yohanan that Afilu Ganav Taleh bin Asail, even if he stole a lamb and it became a ram, Aigel bin Asashor or a calf and it became an ox. The change was done in the thief's hands, and it said he acquired it. And therefore, if he uh, slaughtered it, he sold it, it belongs to the thief, and he only has to pay double, and that's it. He doesn't have to pay times four, times five. And did I not tell you not to mistake in or not to mess up the uh, the names of the the rabbis bringing up a uh, uh, halacha? No, that halacha was said in the name of Rabbi Ila, not Rabbi Yohanan. You have to be careful to say it in the name of the correct rabbi. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Meir Omer Ba'avadim Omer Lo Haresh Lechalifanecha. We learned that Rabbi Meir holds that when it comes to slaves, you could just give it back and it said, "Here, this belongs to you. It's like land; it's never been really stolen." And Amar Av Hanina Bar Avdimi Amar Av Halacha Ker Rabbi Meir. So now, like, when I ask the question, Rav Shabik Rabbanan Ba'avid Ker Rabbi Meir. Rav just dropped Rabbanan the majority, and he was held like Rabbi Meir. So the Gemara explains, The problem is, Rav was posek like Rabbi Meir because he has a Braita that taught the exact opposite. Rabbi Meir says you pay him whatever it was worth at the time of the theft, and Hachamim say, with the slaves, you say, here, and therefore he was posek like Rabbi Meir in the Mishnah, which is Hachamim in the Braita. So the Gemara has a question, and Rav, you just dropped the Mishnah and you were posek like Braita? 
So the Gemara explains, Rav Matnitin Nami Ibchatanis. You have to say, Rav's Mishnah was also opposite. The Hachamim held that the Abadim are like Lein, Harashel Chalefanecha. So the Gemara asks, Umayt Amid Rav the Apich Matnitin Mikamed the Braita. So why would Rav flip the Mishnah in order to fit it with the Braita? Adra Bani Puchle Braita Mikamed Matnitin. You should flip the Braita to be like the Mishnah. So the Gemara explains, Amre Rav Nami Matnitin Ipecha Atnaye. Rav was taught the opposite, meaning his rabbis gave it to him the opposite. The Hachamim are the ones who hold that Abadim are like land, and Rabbi Meir says, no, it's like movable property. That's one answer. You will say that Rav won't flip a Mishnah because of Braita, if it's one against one. However, if it's a Mishnah against two Braitot, then he would flip it. If a person switched a cow for a donkey, and the cow had a child in the meantime, we don't know, it was it before the trade, after the trade, or if someone sold his, uh, his maidservant and she had a child, I, just, I don't know when she had the child, was it before the money was transferred, after, whenever, whenever the Kenyan was, and Zeomer Bishruti Yalda this one says, uh, she uh, she gave birth while it was in my property, and the other one is quiet, Zachaba, the one who says it belongs to me, the, he acquires the baby, why? Because he had a stronger claim, he's being for sure, the other one is not sure, Bari verse Shemeh, Bari always wins. But Zeomer if they both don't know, Yahloku, they'll split it because we hold like Sumchos that whenever money is in doubt, they split it. Now, Zeomer Bishuti, Zeomer Bishuti, if both are saying, no, it was, it was the wallet would belong to me, no, while it was belonged to me, it was in my property, my property. Then the seller has to swear that he gave birth while it was still by him, and then it, and then the child stays by him, but the buyer can't swear. Whenever someone swears, it's usually swearing to get yourself out of pain. As the Pasuk says, you take it and you don't uh, have to pay. Whoever is supposed to pay, he swear, and and the person who's taking is not the one who swears. That's all Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir holds that there's a Shivu'ad de Oraita here, that the buyer is claiming that he uh, that he owns the maidservant and the child and the the seller was saying that yes i agree that you get the maidservant but i don't uh, agree that you get the, the child this is a classic case where there's a partial admission and partial admission is a swear from the torah now, Rashi just reminds us in Masechet Baba Metzi'ah, we're talking about a situation where you cut the maidservant's arm or, or something like that. Otherwise, it would be a helach, meaning it would be here, this is what I owe you, and here it is. And on a helach, there is no shivuad de oraita. So in order for there to be a shivuad de oraita, you had to do something to the to the maidservant in order to make this uh, a classic case of Modev Vigzat. Now, all this was Rabbi Meir, 
Hachamim hold that there's no concept of a swear on land or on slaves. And therefore, you, you can't swear on a, on a maidservant. And it becomes a hamotzim ala whoever's pulling out, whoever's collecting from his friend has the burden of proof. Yes, they bring the proof. And the child stays by the seller until the buyer can bring proof. So here's a second b'raita where hachamim holds slaves are considered like land. And because it's a mishnah verse, two b'raitot, that's why Rav flipped his, uh, his, the, his the mishnah. So now the Gemara has a question. Then why would the Rav say the halacha is like Rabbi Meir? He should say the halacha is like Rabbanan. So the Gemara explains. This is what Rav was trying to say. Okay, according to your Girsa, where you flipped everything, you said Rabbi Meir is the one who said that's, but that in regards to slaves, you say, take it as is. Halakha kerebi meir. Then the halakha would be meir. I hold like Rabbanan. They say that. You hold like Rabbi Meir. Says that. Bottom line, that's halakha. That by slaves, you tell them. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.